about important Native issues and highlights guests that are representing Native people in a wide variety of careers. Featured guests talk about how their Alaska Native culture impacts their work. Listen to all of the Urban Anti Show episodes on Spotify and theurbanantishow.com. Like our Facebook page and follow the Urban Anti Show on Twitter to stay up to date on future episodes. Hello, my name is Laura Ikata, and you are listening to the Urban Anti Show. And today I'm here with the band Modern Natives. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure, sure. My name is Desi Hall. I'm the singer-songwriter of Modern Natives, uh, but not so much singing anymore. My name is Savannah. I'm now the singer for it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem. And so how did you guys get started in music? Um, I, my father was a DJ, so, uh, he was really picky about what songs he played. It was one of the most impactful songs. So that kind of stuck with me. I was listening to whatever he, he would dish out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the time I was 15 years old, my mother bought me a guitar and that's when it started. Oh, okay. And for myself through grade school, I was always in orchestra and chorus. And as I got out of high school, I moved more into Science. I'm actually working on my PhD, but I had met Des in 2019 just at a karaoke night, and we kind of stuck together <laughs> since, and uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, I love karaoke. <laughs> we have not found any uh, uh, continuous karaoke in town yet, though. So if you know of any, we'd oh, love to <laughs> I know a lot. Every weeknight, um, every weekend at the Roundup, there's karaoke. Okay. Thursday night, there is karaoke at the Big Eye. Um, there's karaoke at the pub like every other Friday or something like that. Okay, the pub on campus. Yeah. Great. (laughs) I know these things. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. And so you said your dad played like impactful music with the messages? Um, My father was a DJ, so his goal was to make sure every time the song faded into another song, it was impactful. Mm. It was, it made everybody, you know, so, that, oh, the next yeah. song is <laughs> exciting and uh, either epic or so hooky or so new. Mm-hmm. So I'm very um, picky as well. I'm always trying to organize my song lists as what's the next best song to impact somebody with. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Wow. So you just bring that into your music today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And so can you tell me about where you guys are from? Sure, sure. Um, Half of my family, both sides of my mother and father, derive from Spain. And the other half of my family are from the islands of Cuba and Puerto Rico. My family is more of an Italian-Irish mix, a little bit of German and Dutch. Um, But... Us, you know, I grew up in New York, about mm-hmm. an hour and a half north of the city, so downstate area, and uh, then met does in Florida, so that's where we kind of come from is Florida. <laughs> okay. So do does where you come from, does that, like, influence your music, these roots that you have? My family growing up, 
Um, actually, no, because Florida, surprisingly, doesn't have a radio station like the rest of the United States. There's no hard rock or punk rock playing mm-hmm. in Florida radio stations. So I listened to all the metal and punk my father showed me and then stuff I found from friends from school who were from the other states like New York or New Jersey or California. So there's no rock and roll like there is in Virginia, in Florida. Absolutely not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's empty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always looking up music and finding it on my own. Actually, when I used to look for CDs in the music store, I would buy the record based on how the album artwork looked. That was how I would search yep. for music. I couldn't just have a <laughs> reference. And then they came up with that little, you zap the... Uh, the barcode on the CD and get like a 30 second uh, sample of each mm-hmm. song. So that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I come from a, a different placement on the spectrum being from New York. Um, if you want to focus on punk and the underground rock scene, definitely New York and New Jersey there. And um, my parents had a very wide taste of music. So grew up with everything from Pink Floyd to Frank Sinatra to no doubt Foo Fighters and, a lot of mixing, but from that area, you know, music was really, uh, you did not have to search. It was kind of just thrust upon you. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of radio stations there. A lot of, uh, it's actually quite a, a large number of colleges around. So, um, you always had a very young perspective, uh, different ages and different people all kind of putting music out there that they just enjoyed. And, um, from all these different stations, uh, even the high, a lot of the high schools had a radio club. So, um, they would get some airtime too, and uh, it was a very nice blend. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And can you guys talk about the goals you have for your music career? What do you see happening in the future for you guys? Uh, a big goal is raising consciousness, making people aware of reality. That's a really big goal for me in music, sharing uh, uh, uh a reality check. Um, a lot of songs I wrote uh, are really raw, so to speak. Um, I released some stuff. I was trying to be more happy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but I usually gravitate towards my goal is to let you know what's really happening. And it's really hard in this society because there's so many truths believed as lies and so many lies believed as truths. And there's such a long history. You don't know what the heck to believe in. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, building on that, I think a large goal of mine musically is um, not only to help put our message out there, but as we network and collaborate with other groups and artists to kind of help put their work out there too. You know, um, Des and I can't really draw, so it's always nice when we meet a local artist that would want to do some kind of uh, design for us, and that's great, and we can take that cross country with us as we tour. But um, another goal of mine is um, as we develop our merchandise, uh, it's to have all of our a lot of our proceeds go to different animal rescue groups. Mm -hmm. Um, We're very big on rescue, adopt, not shop, things like that. Yeah. Um, And and we're starting to get a lot more involved with the community too. Um, This coming June, we're going to co-host an event with the basement, and a lot of the proceeds are going to go to uh, local animal shelters here in town. Pet Pet Pride being one of them. yeah, that's good. So you're not just like uh, you're playing with your heart and you want to change society. But since you brought up like messages in your music, I was looking at your songs and you have like messages in your songs, like they have deeper meanings behind them. Do you want to talk more about that? Sure. Sure. There's a song called Rocket Science where... Um, so I believe there was a time where I was all about science, right? I thought science was going to save the world. But then you start seeing certain scientists who are um, telling the other scientists they're full of crap, like global warming. Mm-hmm. And I realized, great, this is, a, this is not good. This guy is working for money. There's a one guy, uh, I think it was uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, was debating another... Uh, was a meteorologist, a weatherman. And uh, he was like, there's no such thing as global warming. It is not real. And he was, and he was this weatherman that guys from CNN would quote and use him as their backbone to let everybody know. Um, uh, 
there is no global warming. So when I wrote Rocket Science, it had to do with an obsession, um, thinking that you're trying to save the world, but losing the true meaning of saving the world, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of other ones. So like, ask me if I'm fine. Um, that one is definitely um, has to do with how everybody you meet has a secret battle that they're fighting, and they're on the edge of losing control. That song really definitely uh, means that to me. Okay. Everybody has their battle, and and we all can share it with each other. Sometimes it's too personal. Mm-hmm. So ask me if I'm fine for sure. Um, which ones were you thinking of that you were listening to? Um, I think it was, I saw something written about, was it Holes and Joes? Yeah, I think yeah. something is written about that one. Holes and Joes? Yeah, that one has to do with women's right to choose yeah. for a choice. And uh, that one, that one um, yeah, that's that's struggle happening right now. And it's, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean... I know. Um, that one we started in Miami and was working on it on the road as we drove out here and we finished that here in Fairbanks. But, um, you know, we had kind of missed the moment when um, Paxton Smith's speech came out. But reading all the follow up, you know, there's a lot of things we can't believe, like that's still in debate. That's crazy. And, and just the chain of events that it's occurred since then is is very unbelievable to be living in a time like that. You know, these these age-old arguments that are being brought up again and Mm -hmm. um you know when we put that out a lot of people sent us uh personal messages too very nasty very um how dare we say anything about it and um i you know i had people telling me just just very rude and vile things like and that's from coming from men speaking to me as a woman i'm like Mm -hmm. wow i can't even sing what i would like to sing about without some kind of comment, you know, but I guess, you know, you don't put this music out without expecting some kind of reaction. So it's, yeah, it's we, just, had, um, we had this one person that was following everything we post and would always leave a nasty comment. Wow. He was just They're like dedicated. Oh, you know, he was super dedicated to knocking us down. Um, but never a constructive argument. It was always just very nasty slurs and, um, you know, inappropriate language and stuff. And, very surprising. Yeah. yeah. Holes, I mean, Holes and Joes, um, think about it. We have people who are in their mid-60s or early 70s running the world, and it's not because they're old. The problem is they are still holding value of things they learned in the 50s and 60s. They have not changed. They have not changed their values, and they have not accepted new reality checks. Super scary. Mm-hmm. Somebody's so blindsided. I mean, Richard Feynman, uh, after Einstein died, they were like, Richard Feynman's the next smartest man in the world, right? Um, He said when he was talking to Einstein and learning what he does, he's like, Einstein always hung out with the younger generation to hear their new ideas, their new perspective. He was always up to date. He was always on the current which helped him in his genius. Mm-hmm. So if only our politicians, if only our, our 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 peers, our elders would stick with learning the new generation, keeping the old traditions, understanding where they come from, but also the new updates, man, we'd be in a different world right now. Yeah. I don't know why we keep voting for old white guys. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Rocket Science by Modern Natives. When did you create that song again? long time ago, probably in like 2016. And I didn't get up to recording it till about 2018. And I released in 2019. But during that time, I was losing my voice. I still Mm. my voice is still lost. Um, Before uh, modern natives, I was in a progressive thrash band. (laughs) And I was always screaming instead of singing. And then when I started singing, I was singing improperly. So I developed nodules on my throat which hinder me from singing. Mm. And then after taking some some therapy, they were like, it's not really the, the singing, it's the way you speak. You speak from the throat with no air. Oh. So your vocal folds are always hitting each other mm-hmm. and vibrating, causing friction. So then I met Savannah, um, 
what, 2019, 2020? 19. And then uh, I s- saw her sing a song in the karaoke for Non Blonde, What's Up? And I was like, whoa, this she can Love do this. Like, she can <laughs> do this. So I uh, dropped a friend off at his house. I went back to the pub and I was like, hi, I'm Desi. Hello, hello. I need to meet you. I need to know you. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm studying, you know, to be a scientist. I'm like, oh. that's that's the best um you know music and science merit very nicely Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's i've met a surprising amount of um fellow colleagues that actually they have music as a hobby on the side and very nice community Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's very cool it's good to have like multiple things you're into yeah not everyone is just one into one thing indeed And so there's also a song, I don't see it on here, but it's Protect the Children. Yes. Do you want to talk about like the meanings behind that, the inspiration? So when I started, I wanted uh, my music and my uh, bandmates to be as multicultural as possible. That was the whole reason of the band. I wanted different sides of the world to make this music with me. So that was written by Rachel, no longer with the band, um, and she, I mean, she wrote that song. I helped produce it and record it and uh, arrange it with her. Um, I haven't heard Protect the Children in a very long time, but from what I remember, it has to do, I mean, with, uh, I, I can't actually comment on that. We would have to listen to it. <laughs> but I know that Rachel was big on, there's a line where it's like, uh, you know, don't let the children play outside because they can get hurt. So always keep them inside shelter from the truth. Mm. So that was fantastic song uh, on, on, you know, keeping everybody hidden from the brutal reality when mm-hmm. they should be and introduced to it to understand this is the real world. And Rachel's super strong on writing reality check songs. I loved working with her. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, and then we had uh, had some blends of ska, um, and we had a violin player named Kim Smith, and she uh, she was also from uh, um, I think St. Louis was her town, um, and uh, she did violin, and she was from a whole different world too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, but they had to go their own ways. Uh, I believe S- Smith lives in uh, I think uh, Seattle. And Rachel lives near West Palm Beach in Florida still. You made the song through, like, connections with other people? Yeah, they used to be in the band when oh, we okay. first started. Okay. Yeah. And the funny thing was, um, when they joined the band, uh, I started asking them to sing for me because I couldn't sing my songs anymore. Because if I would do a show, I couldn't speak for a week. So it started slowly merging where Rachel and... Kimberly would start singing my songs and I would start less and less sing and less sing. Mm-hmm. And that's all I wanted to do was play guitar and sing, but that's the reality. I had, I had no voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is, are you guys working on any new music right now? Oh, yes. Uh, well, me and Savannah and Nick Hudson, who just joined the band and we're going on tour uh, late August, uh, our North American tour all the way through Canada, down California, through Florida, up to New York, all over the place. And uh, we are working on new music. Okay. Yes. Yes. We have one called uh, This Belongs to Me. It's like a part two to Holes and Joes. Um, we have another one called Growing Pains. has to do with uh, realizing how ugly businessmen are. And the upraising of children who usually start off very innocent, but then get screwed over by the system or by the way things are. Quote, my fingers are quoting right now a little mm-hmm. bit. Here, so, <laughs> um, so that song's really strong. I, there's, I know a lot of friends, um, me included. You, you think, you know, thank you, Disney, because you made me think that the world was a Disney ending movie where yeah. everything was a happy ending. And it's not. And when you realize... What you believed in is not true. That's very hard to cope with. And that's what I meant by everybody's going through that struggle, that silent struggle. We all believed and thought the world worked one way. And here we are realizing, no, it did not. My dreams are not going to come true the way I thought they were. 
it's not happening. Mm-hmm. And it, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Not to say that your dreams can't come true <laughs> one way or the other. Just there's a lot of ways from point A to point B, and it's not always the straightforward path you thought. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Lawrence Krauss. Uh, he's a physicist. And Richard Dawkins, he's a, uh, uh, I think he's also a zoologist. And, and they were like, when you realize the truth and how terrible the truth is, when time goes by, you learn to accept your crutches. And then you see the beauty in the world that is actually there. And so now it's not that bad anymore. And you can celebrate that. So, I mean, yes, it is true that it is hard, but... Once you get used to it, I want to celebrate every day. I want to go party every day with all my friends. It's a beautiful world. I mean, it just stinks that people like to sugarcoat it. And uh, speaking of hopes and dreams, do you guys have any advice for people who maybe want to start a career in music? Absolutely. Be really good at one or two things. Do not try and be the recording artist, the bass player, the guitar player, the singer, the songwriter, the producer. The, be good at two things. Be really good at two things that will help you launch a career a lot faster. Yeah. And um, I would add to that, you know, the music industry is always promoted as very, very competitive, but there are so many um, niches you can fit into. So it is really, you know, it's not impossible. And like Des is saying, if you fix fixate on one small facet of the overall field, you you will likely uh, come out ahead because that becomes your craft and you become very practiced in it and you gain that experience and you can offer that to other artists or industry members that might not have that experience or knowledge of it. So uh, really honing in on your craft, you will become the expert and then you'll create a need for yourself. Okay, thank you. Holes and Joes by Modern Natives. And it's a song about pro-choice. So in case, um, if you're old enough to vote, you better go vote (laughs) because you need to quit voting for old white men. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. That was also Savannah's debut song. Oh. And and that song's interesting because uh, we, when we record, we usually do a demo take. And then I build the song around the demo take, and then we re-record the uh, the studio quality, the most quality version. Savannah was so busy with work and school, she didn't have time to. Mm. The only thing she was able to do, if she had time to do, was do the the the, the beginning bit, and everything else is the demo bit. Uh, the majority, about seventy percent of it, is the demo bit, and. Uh, it, was, it came out pretty good. I was like, all right, this is not bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were really like, we've got to put this out. People got to hear your voice. You know, there's no more Desi Hall singing. Let's, let's do it, Savannah Labua. Let's do this. And so how did the release of that song, how did that, like, make you feel as your debut? You know, it always makes you feel a little bit like a rock star. It's nice to see, like, the comments and the likes come in and friends reaching out and stuff. But around the time that it was coming out, I was also uh, studying for quals, so I really didn't have as much time to enjoy it Mm -hmm. um, to its fullest. But, you know, it got some attention, which was great, and we enjoyed it. We did a few interviews with a few other websites and uh, or, you know, supplied them with some information that they wanted to inquire about a little further and... It, what it did more than anything was just uh, excite me for the future work, for what's coming next. So um, I would say that was the biggest outcome. Yeah. The song also got us turned down on a couple festivals, though. Oh. Like, Sorry, you're too political. We cannot. We don't. And it's funny because we're like, hey, man, like when we play live, we know we, we have like a lot of our songs are very short. Even when we do covers, we mm-hmm. like to crop the songs to keep it as in oh, bunny ears impactful as mm-hmm. possible. So there was a point when me and Savannah knew forty nine songs, and that was only an hour and thirty minutes of music. It was not a lot. Yeah, wow. we've added since then to 
yeah. get up to like a three hour set, but it's, you know, it's a lot of <laughs> music yeah. in a short amount of time. So mm-hmm. we're like, oh man, if only we uh, would have presented them like, hey, we have a lot of happy stuff too. Um, and we know our crowd. We know we're not too smashed them with too much reality check. Um, but uh, yeah, that song, I really enjoyed listening to Savannah sing and present herself. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. That's crazy that you would be let down on festivals. <laughs> it, it was kind of felt good. I was like, yes, we're doing it. <laughs> really like letting them know, like, oh, don't do this band. They're too political. <laughs> Let's start a riot. It's funny, too. Even with a few uh, marketing agencies, there was one response we got, like, you know, no, we are a, uh, a faith-based group, so we can't promote your stuff. And that was a little not surprising to hear, but also it kind of was. You know, I, I thought uh, most companies kind of just – you pay them and they promote unbiasedly. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you're their client and they deal with that. So it also makes you question a lot of the things that we did pay for. Be like, well, what if they didn't like wholeheartedly market also because they don't agree with what they're hearing or if they don't personally like it, you know? So it, it just brought out a whole other uh, level of intimacy that we need with our collaborators. And, you know, we can't just throw money and hope for results. We have to be as involved as possible. Yeah, Savannah used to say, um, she still does, she's like, do you remember when it was like 80% music making and just 20% social media promoting, and now it's like 80% social media <laughs> promoting and no music? Like, yeah, we need help. Mm-hmm. This is a small business. It is, yeah. To, so that could be a follow-up piece of advice, you know. You want to make a career, but you are also making a small business for yourself, too. Um it would be wise to have some knowledge in small business management that even, even to just manage yourself and your own time, your time management skill is so integral to every part of your day. Yeah. It's very easy to lose a couple hours to trying to make an engaging post content building the music writing alone. And, you know, you still have to practice for hours to make it fluent and there's a lot behind it. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Indeed. It's not all fun and games. It is not. It is a job. <laughs> you know, you you might get into it and have the passion for it. That's great. But I love when they say, you know, oh, you do what you love and you never work a day in your life. But, you know, you this is work for sure. You know, I guess that's any career, even the more science-based. You're still working to learn and apply your knowledge. So it's, it's very rarely is it uh, second nature to just see something and, and understand it immediately, mm-hmm. you know. Indeed. Indeed. I mean, there's like one platform called Spotify and you can make play and you can submit to third third party companies to get you on more playlist. But what about Deezer? That's the European Spotify. Mm-hmm. What about Tidal? What about iTunes? What about YouTube, SoundCloud, Bandcamp? All these different <laughs> Amazon. There's so many platforms what about setting up each page on all of those platforms? Because we made our own, we designed our Spotify page. We set it up. What about the iTunes and all the other ones? Who's going to do that for you? Who's going to make sure you look presentable? What about your website? Mm-hmm. Well, who's going to book you your shows? And there's always competing interests between, you know, you think if you practice good enough and have the following and put on a great show, someone will sign you and do all that stuff for you. But a lot of the time... You, Maybe it was like that 15, 20 years ago, but with the the way social media is integrated into everyday life now, it, that's your responsibility now as the artist, too. It, it's part of creating your image and your following, and you also want to make yourself sort of a low-hanging fruit for an investor, right? They'll be like, well, they've already got all this stuff. It won't take as much time and money to invest in them to get it running because they've already done it. Um and if, you, good start. and if you do what Savannah says, has it make make your band low hanging fruit, you actually would get a better record deal. You'd have more control. Um, if you are a band, let's say you have that miracle voice and you play that miracle song, you'll get the worst record deal ever. And you will have no bargaining power because you have no following. You have nothing. They will give you a dirt, terrible one, and you probably would take it because it seems like a dream come true. And a lot of people in the past would do that. They would take the record deal without getting a lawyer to read the contract 
and they get screwed and then say that the the record in the, the music industry is garbage. It's like you signed that paper. There, I believe, in every single contract, it states from an official record label, you need uh, have the right to review this with a lawyer before signing anything. People are so hyped to get signed, they just sign away. Mm-hmm. They don't even read. Yeah. I would like to point out that is actually widely translatable, though, across industries. You know, even in graduate school, you know, you, you get a lot of people, they spend a lot of time applying, trying to make those connections with potential advisors and getting to grad school. And they just, yes, accept the offer, accept the research assistantship or the teaching assistantship. And you might not look too closely at the stipend compared to the cost of living. Um, so, you know, it's, it's widely translatable. But the overall point being, you know, if you take a breath and kind of count your ducks there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's possible to do even better when you have friends and collaborators to work with and kind of share the workload and everyone works together to kind of get to a common goal, which is great. And that's the problem with the Disney movies. There's no, and that's any movie. Mm-hmm. What movie do you watch that feels like you're watching a, a, a manual on how to live life? You'd fall asleep during that movie. <laughs> Like, that's the problem. Only the people who work super hard and grind down realize what it really takes. Mm. (laughs) So, uh. And Desi brought a guitar. Indeed. So they're going to play a tune for us. Uh, This would be the part two to Holes and Joes. This one's called This Belongs to Me. This one is currently in production and... Really happy to present it to you guys. very nice voice thank you (laughs) (laughs) and so do you want to talk about the inspiration and lyrics in that song yes absolutely uh first part of the song uh in the chorus is this vagine does not belong uh what was it this vagine doesn't belong to you yes to that (laughs) point and then this gene does not belong to you um and that's the main point you do not own that person. And that person has the power to create. And if it does not want to create, who are you to tell it to create? Mm-hmm. And it's such an... E- and then people are like, but it's alive. Once sperm touches egg, it has a soul. Well, where did you learn that from? And this is a deal that I like that um, Neil deGrasse Tyson states. I don't think everybody should be a scientist, but I think everybody should be scientifically literate, which means they should know how to evaluate evidence and ask questions. And if you're basing a sperm and an egg put together, creates a soul, well, who discovered that a sperm and an egg existed in the first place? 
what type of experiment was done to figure that out? Mm-hmm. I think you're missing a lot of information to your your statement of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> when does it become human? I mean, I know there was an article me and Savannah read. Uh, there was a Jewish community, and they were like, in our book, it states that the mother is life priority number one and that the the unborn is not does not have a soul until it is born so there's right in their own book there's a statement stating mother is number one mm-hmm. her power her control so that song was another part too because i just i was so amped mm-hmm. couldn't believe this is happening to our society yeah we're living in ancient times i guess yeah. I like to say to friends, like, yeah, we're living in the, uh, we're, we're drilling, we're looking for oil in the solar age. Another situation, it's like, come on. People don't believe in global warming. They think that, you know, what is it, the carbon, carbon in the air uh, creates a thicker atmosphere. It's kind of like a magnifying glass when, you know, you hold it up uh, to the sun and create a, a beam that gets hotter. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. Man. So you get fired up and then you put this into your music. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. 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 And Savannah's fantastic because she's really good at guiding me with my 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 writing skills. She's like, Des, what is, what is the meaning of this song? And I'm like, it means this. She's like, okay, that line does not describe that. I was like, but that's how I feel. I'm a translator and interpreter in this sense. There's, um, you know, Des really has an ear for song composition and putting it together and making all the pieces fit and then I need to give him the words to slip into there Um, because sometimes the message yes it gets lost in translation you know what or I'll read a line that he writes and I'll say are you saying this I'll say no I meant to say blah 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 and like why don't you just say that because that's the point of what you're trying to you know you're dancing around is just say it Mm -hmm. um and in my head I'm like but it doesn't sing right it doesn't (laughs) sing right yeah, so it's always a back and forth. and um, But it is a lot of fun, though. I mean, yeah, there's frustrating moments, but I think we work pretty well together in the communication. It's very practiced. Any any um, partnership, business, uh, friendship, elsewise, you know, it, it's really about practicing communication and, and um, building off of what each other one is saying. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Um, I took on the role of trying to be everything in the music, and that was a lesson learned. I should have just got good at two things, like I said earlier. <laughs> I should have just played guitar really well and come be a good song composer. But I took up, I really, when I first started, I really wanted the song in my head to be brought to life on the speakers. So I've been working at that for so long until I, I decided to go to school music business they gave us this big list of all the careers you could have in the music industry and i was like i want to do boom 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 they were like wow you want to do eight careers we said pick one (laughs) at the end of the course i was like i want one songwriter that's all i want to do from now on let somebody else produce it let somebody else mix it you know i'll give a little bit of um uh, uh, artist uh, uh, control, creative control, which is yay or nay. That should be about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, just stick to songwriting would be I would like to do from now on, <laughs> for sure. And do you have a degree? I went to SAE in oh. North Miami. Uh, I got a technology diploma, they call it. Um, and it just states that I know how to handle all the uh, equipment, you know, the compressors, the boards, the different type of software, the DAWs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand frequencies and and uh, the sound spectrum. It's, it, I love it, though. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's my passion. <laughs> it's a ton of work, but it's my passion. Mm-hmm. So it's not really work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but what's great is I didn't, what I did not do was I did not study the voice until recently. I took classes on on the voice, I took it for about what was it, nine months? A private, oh, okay. a private uh, vocalist. Um, she was nominated for a Grammy, I believe, wow. in the '90s or early 2000s. And uh, but Savannah, 
she did vocals in school for about 10 years. Yeah. So she has a natural way of singing that's awesome, very pronounced and smooth. I do not do that. I don't even speak pronounced. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, uh, from kindergarten to the end of high school, I had a teacher who would do chorus. And it would, you know, I guess every couple of years he got promoted up to the next school. So I actually had him like my entire life from kindergarten all the way until I was a senior in high school. And we would go to state most year. And um, a lot of our music was in Latin. It was more traditional because it was chamber choir at different points. But there would be days where, yeah, we just run up the scale with every letter of the alphabet, pronouncing it. Um, and then there would just be days where we're speaking Latin. We wouldn't sing a single note. We would just be speaking and um, training how to breathe properly, where to insert breaths. And like, you know, he taught us a lot about timing. How much do you have to say on this one breath? And um, such a muscle memory. It's like a lot of athletes, you know, there, there are some things that your body is so in tune with and it's such a natural reflex for. So I'm very thankful and lucky for that. Yeah. It, wow. it makes uh, working go by a lot, a mm -hmm. lot faster. Yeah. <laughs> so this like formal training has... You bring that into your music career today. I try, yeah. So I try and use our time efficiently. When he has a song in mind, when we're writing one together, I'm always thinking about how it needs to come out logistically, I guess. You know, um, physically, the the effort that I need to put into it to hit different notes and and get enough out in one breath, and so that hopefully when we're recording, you know, there's always a bunch of takes, but hopefully you know, we reduce the time and the number of takes that it'll take. And also the better you can perform it, the easier it is on the person mixing it, right? Because mm -hmm. they have less that they have to edit and fix. And um, Yeah, she's absolutely right. Um, if you listen to old recordings like Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd, right, um, or even the Beatles, the recording quality equipment and the know-how was nowhere near as it is today. You got kids in... You know, they're in their mom's house. They're doing these banging recordings on their own. But what they did back in the late 60s, early 70s, was a fantastic performance. And if you do a fantastic performance, it is so easy to, easy to polish that. So Led Zeppelin and the Beatles, fantastic performance. There is nothing to fix their vocals. There is nothing to cut each take and align the vocals perfectly together so they were perfectly in sync. They did that on their own. They're, they are master men at, at what they do <laughs> and women at what they do. I like to make the joke with Des that auto-tune over the years has really decreased the need for skill and mm. capability. I tell them, you know, sometimes it's, it's a cool effect, but... You know, with technology, you can really edit the heck out of someone. It, 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 you know, I remember growing up and I was like, there was a point I had this phase of, um, oh, this is an awesome song by whoever it is, Rihanna, or I'm, I love all kinds of music. Uh, I still love pop. I'm a huge pop fan. I love like uh, Charlie XCX. These mm -hmm. are great, right? But there was a time where I was like, this is an amazing song, but can they pull it off live? This will decide whether I buy their CD or not. Because, you know, I was so uh, narrow mind, you know, tunneled vision in my beliefs. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a lot of artists that they can't do it live. And there's a lot of artists that don't care that they can't do it live. You have this vocal producer who's telling them, I need you to sing this one word with a slight accent of country, but very gentle. And then the <laughs> next word after that, I need it to be a little bit more aggressive. Like you're growling. And this is what a vocal producer would do to a vocalist. Every single word counts. Every single word is precious. Because everybody can hit a high note, but that high note would have more meaning if all the regular notes were as impactful as possible. A lot of people don't realize that. It takes all the words before that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this songwriting and composing sounds like a really long process. So how long would you say that it takes to like think of a song and then write it and compose it and then perform it? Well, that's funny. That can be 
anywhere from very short to a very long time. Um, if there's something we're super fired up about, very easy to put all the effort into that, turn it around really quickly. But there's so many things, like most of the iPhones have this voice memo app. And, oh, my gosh, he'll be playing around on the guitar. Be like, Give me your phone very quickly. Give me your phone. And, you know, next thing you know, I've got 50 recordings of just <laughs> small, like, okay, we'll come back to that. You know, so there's always inspiration coming in and, and um, uh, different ideas floating around, right? Mm-hmm. And then current events, too, kind of fuel the fire. You know, there were a few things we were working on. But then when the events leading up to Holes and Joe's was happening, it, it, you know, those fell to the wayside. They fell lower on the priority checklist, and we started going at that pretty hard. Yeah, she's right. I mean, I can write a song real quick, right? Like a fun song, whatever, real quick. But is it impactful? You know, is it catchy? I mean, all song styles stopped in the 80s. So now that all we're left with is just merging a vocalist on a style of music you never heard them do that before. A good example is like uh, The Doors. Is like that classic, uh, it's kind of like a spiritual classic rock, right? Mm -hmm. Sort of. Um, There's a singer that can sing exactly like The Doors. He's in a band called The Misfits, or was. His name's Glenn Danzig. He sings just like uh, um, Jim Morrison. But The Misfits is horror punk, and The Doors is classic rock Mm -hmm. so if i have a jim morrison voice the last thing i want to sing is punk or classic rock maybe i would want to sing a pop country or maybe i would want to sing in some sort of metal band because everybody's like we heard this already Mm -hmm. all the songs already happened now it's about finding what hasn't happened i've been doing that that's uh, you asked me what are my goals in music it's to write a song nobody's ever heard before and I think I did it, but I can't sing it because I need the instrument. <laughs> I need all the other instruments to show you this this secret, not, uh, this undiscoverable sound <laughs> I've been working on since since I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, where can people find your guys's music and follow on your musical journey? Um, they can find our music on Spotify. They can find it on iTunes. It's under Modern Natives. Uh, they can follow us on Instagram, Modern Natives Band, as well as Facebook and Twitter. Twitter is Modern Natives underscore underscore. No, excuse me, Modern underscore underscore Natives. Also on TikTok, we're trying to get into the TikTok yeah. field now. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people there. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> So is there any last-minute things you guys want to say as we're wrapping up? We'd love to say thank you for having us. And, you know, we've really enjoyed Fairbanks and what a welcoming community it is. And, you know, we love doing open mic nights and inviting other artists to come in. You know, there's a few people we've met in the area. They just jump right on stage with us. So we're always looking to collaborate and welcome all kinds of instruments with us. We had a uh, stand-up bass with us and a fiddler the other day. It was oh, pretty nice. I love the fiddler. And uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> and now that summer's coming back around, things opening up again, um, we'll definitely see everybody around town. Hopefully, uh, Folk Fest and the State Festival too. Speaking on Fairbanks, you guys have so many banging singers and performers. <laughs> Holy cow! I was loving it. We were there. I was like, everybody's amazing. Everybody <laughs> is amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. a very artsy community. We did not know about that up here. You know, coming up here, we it was for work. It was for the university. It was we had no idea about the music. We thought, well, well, you know, we'll keep to ourselves and we'll just make our music. And then we get here, and everybody is very on board with it. So it was a very nice experience. Yeah, it was very interesting. This was my first official winter um, in Florida. There's not winter. Yeah, a, a winter, <laughs> a December, but not a winter. So I think I checked out on all the winters I need, <laughs> need to do. I made up for it. Taught him how to drive on the ice, drive yeah. on the snow. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are having a great time up here. I'm glad. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here today on the Urban Anti Show. Thank you for having thank us. You. Thank <laughs> you for having us. Fantastic. If you want to learn more about modern natives, go to modern-natives.com. 
and you can listen to their songs, buy merch, um, follow them on social media to follow along uh, where they'll be playing and stay up to date on when songs are released. Thank you.